0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Something to Talk About with me, Samantha Armitage. Now, I must warn you, this episode is a bit of a change of pace to our previous Olympic episodes and we wanted to publish it sooner rather than later. What started as an asthma diagnosis for new mum, Emily Tindall, ended up being something far more unimaginable. After spending two weeks in the respiratory ward at Canberra Hospital with tests and scans trying to figure out what was wrong, doctors found something on her liver. And then some seriously devastating news. Emily was diagnosed with stage four bowel cancer, aged just 35. Unbelievably, she's agreed to join me today not to talk about herself or the awful hand she's been dealt, but in order to raise awareness about this disease among young people so we welcome to the podcast emily now i understand you're having a day off from chemo today you're looking very glamorous might i say (laughs) well thank you for the compliment
1: i I don't feel that glamorous at the moment so that's lovely to hear and yes i'm having a day off chemo
0: i had a full day yesterday and then again tomorrow
1: um no i actually rather than go back i get this little um it's called a baxter box which is sort of intravenously attached to me which I take home and that's like a slow release chemo Um, so I have that then for two days after my hospital day so um, that's how that works I sort of just carry it around the house with me tiny box (laughs) good
0: goodness me okay (laughs) so let's start at the beginning of of this episode you had just given birth to your third daughter Alini. Uh, so yep. nine weeks after Eleni was born, you admitted yourself yep. to hospital with chest pains. D- did you have any idea what was going on? Do You know, I at that stage, i
1: I didn't. But it didn't take long before intuition kicked in, and i i I just thought it was cancer. Um. It wasn't too long after that though. I'd been to the doctor with breathlessness, um, GP, thinking it's asthma. I've got a bit of a family history of asthma, even though I've never had it. And um, they they treated it as asthma, which I think with you know just short shortness of breath, that seems pretty normal. and um, it just got worse so, so, so quickly. so. Um, an X-ray was ordered, and they said straight they could see actually something uh, like white marks on my lungs, and they weren't sure what that was with their machine. So straight off to Canberra Hospital, where I um, my mum took me, and the, then my husband came and met me because he works in Sydney while we live in Canberra. So he had to sort of fly down the highway to come and come and meet us. At that stage, they'd sort of mentioned an ammonia or um, a blood clot on my lung, which apparently isn't that uncommon after childbirth. So that's sort of where they were thinking at that, that early stage um, but quickly changed.
0: So sometimes people talk about these split seconds when your whole life changes. Is that is that what happened to you? You had a, a newborn I baby. can tell
1: you exactly the minute it happened, it's when I walked out the door with my mum. Sorry. That's okay. I shut the... I shut the front door, and I thought to myself, "This is the last time I shut the door like this." I don't know what it is, but this is—it was a really defining moment that I had. So, I shut and I locked the door, and um, I think that's when I sort of, sort of clicked that it, um, it was something maybe a bit bigger than just your know, run-of-the-mill. Right mm. Um, yeah yeah.
0: that your intuition was that strong as it often is about your body tell us in in the lead up to your diagnosis so you were going through your third pregnancy so I imagine your body's doing all sorts of things anyway did you have any inkling that things weren't right or did you sort of just palm anything that didn't feel right off Um, onto pregnancy
1: a little bit of both um you know you're always the first to sort of go oh it's fine you know I, I think most people do and um, you know, I had the two older kids while Sam was working in Sydney. We had um, uh, school holidays with COVID, with Sam not being able to get back. Like there was a lot sort of, a lot juggling. And, but I felt great in my second trimester of pregnancy. In fact, I felt fantastic. And um, I was, I carried very small, but I've got a small frame. So it sort of didn't concern me. Um, obstetrician wasn't concerned. If the baby was okay, I was okay, sort of thing. And then, um, then the fourth, the, sorry, the third trimester, I went into labour. Very uh, not full blown labour, like sort of early stage labour at 32 weeks, which was unusual. Um, but nothing came up of that. But that, upon reflection, is probably when things started kicking off from what the doctors told me so I was put on steroids to sort of keep Eleni happy and safe in growing inside me and um but I just I just kept on having these early labor sort of episodes Um, But, you know, my last pregnancy was five years ago. These things happen. I was just sort of doing as I was told by the doctors. But upon reflection, that was a strange part of the pregnancy. Uh, I had a great delivery. Um, Things were good. I felt great after having her. I snapped straight back. I had energy. I said to so many people, God, I feel great. This has been really good, you know, coping really well. And then it was the breathing thing that just just it was a pretty quick de- deterioration once that started
0: mm. um your grandfather passed away yes. due to bowel cancer had you did, yeah. ever so it was on your radar in your family but you know as with most of us was yeah. had you ever i mean you're 35 for goodness sake you've been yeah screened for you're not even on the radar of being in this in this problem age group you know had you ever thought it's about so it anything it's
1: one of those things that's on your mind i've like um you know, if you've got like a, a bout of constipation or whatever, you're like, oh, well, maybe I should get that checked. But it sort of clears itself as quickly as it comes along, you know, then you're sort of on to the next thing. So um, I guess in the back of my mind, but as you say, you go along. Uh, well, as I've said, I've always gone along medical sort of. I, I, I trust the, I, I trust what I'm told to do by professionals. So as you say, it's not sort of recommended or anything like that my gp knows of my family history not saying that my gp didn't do that job at all for a second but it 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 was on my mind but not concerning i guess i've never had any serious stomach issues and especially when it was breathing Mm -hmm. (laughs) coffee started on all of this as well you know
0: yeah. Um, so no, not really. Because the the National Bowel Cancer Screening Program sends free test kits to um, people between fifty and seventy-four. Now, one in ten new cases of bowel cancer is now occurring in people under the age of fifty. And and I the reason yeah. I got in touch with you we have a mutual friend. Uh, and I'd seen your story on her Instagram, good morning to Jemima Fairbanks, Um, and and I just thought, my God. And and I had heard about a few young women being diagnosed quite in the later stages of bowel cancer. Should we rethink the whole way this is being screened? Absolutely. To me, it should be, honestly, like a pap smear
1: for uh, both sexes. I mean, how normal is a pap smear? Mm. Who, like, just... And that's where it is. You you get told, well, you get told what to do. The majority of people listen and they they go and do it. Mm. Um, And I think as well uh, for me now to know that every opportunity was taken to avoid this is something that you can take from it, something that you can be like, all right, well, I did everything I possibly knew to do. you know, it, it's it gives you something. Gives you something. Um but yeah, I I I I had no idea until I started this journey how how many people are suffering through the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I was the first one to think at my age it was uh, going to be breast cancer.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. I didn't get they said it was cancer before they could tell me exactly what sort. And I thought breast cancer. That was my immediate thing. And whilst we're not getting screened for that as early, there's things we do to check as women, I think, you know, you know, to check your breasts, things like that. And so I guess it's the screening, but Sam, also the general education around it maybe it's maybe a little bit of a um this sounds awful but maybe a bit of a dirty cancer like you know we're so secretive about our bowels it seems so Mm -hmm. um we we don't speak about it do you Um, think
0: that's part of it do you think that um i think it probably is it probably is yeah So what what did the doctors say? Has has there been any sort of explanation to you as to why this is happening to younger and younger people? Um,
1: I've heard things, the truth probably, you know, it's more like a natter, more of a chat. Uh, Diet I think is definitely um, uh, like processed foods definitely seems to come up often. Um, you know, when my grandfather, to just reflect on the comment about my grandfather, he was in the Vietnam War and a lot of the talk about why he might have got it was um, the Agent Orange and things that he was exposed to in his time. So um, a lot of it seems to be exposure to, to things, but I haven't really heard much, much otherwise. You know um i certainly have had a, a a pretty good healthy diet in my opinion and grew up eating good my mum was a great cook and um you know maybe it is just in my dna i don't know mm. i don't know mm. um, but generally with the numbers going up it seems to be consistently that it's sort of uh, diet related like um, you know, with, uh, yeah, I haven't heard much else, to yeah. be honest with you, Sam.
0: Okay. So what's the prognosis for you? You're undergoing chemo, as we said at the beginning. Um, so yes. you're fighting. And so what is the We're prognosis fighting. with stage four? What ha- what What's happening?
1: Uh, stage four is inevitable. So basically uh, taking the drugs while your body can cope with them. Um, so prognosis has changed. We started with weeks to months. So I've got through weeks to months. Now we're looking at uh I think 17 months was mentioned the other day, but um you know you, you get told keep fighting and you try and fight it's um it's very difficult. Uh But, yeah, my prognosis is inevitable chemotherapy. They sort of run a schedule, which is every two weeks, which makes up a protocol, which is like a cycle. So I'm on an eight-week cycle and then they basically review how I'm going. Uh, They review the recipe, I guess, and adjust that recipe to um, best treat the the present situation so um, that's inevitable for me but with a constant changing sort of cycle mm. of what's going to work best mm. um, so that's that's how it looks for me at the moment
0: I, I'm going to ask you a question Emily you don't have to answer this if you don't want to but what's your overwhelming emotion right now is it is are, are you scared or are you angry or where, um, how do you process all of this
1: I haven't had anger Fear and grief is huge, fear is enormous, um, it's uh, I've been so close to death, it's not fear of dying, uh, it's fear of
2: the implications on my family and it's uh, fear of looking after my children Uh,
1: and sometimes it's with that fear it's extremely hard to keep the determination um and um just do my best and um Determination and fear are probably the two. You know, as a really happy person, the grief and the fear is just so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so overwhelming.
0: I, I just, I want to say this again to you because this is just so um, overwhelmingly Awful this story, and I think we're all, we're all sitting here just in tears as well. And i um, i want you I want to thank you again for sharing this story with us. I really do.
1: What? Thanks for giving me the opportunity, though. <sighs> it's
0: good to good
1: to chat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is it? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> well, it we're always. Be. I'm always here. I'm a very good chatter. I tell you what, always here <laughs> for a chat. You've got three beautiful little daughters, Clara, Rose and Alini, who's who's a teeny tiny baby. Um, yeah. What, what's like, do, well, obviously, do the two older ones sort of understand what's going on and what does your life think, look like with them now?
1: I think the eldest one understands. She has some pretty um, profound comments for a seven-year-old. She just, she's so impressive. Uh, she said to me the other day I know you're sick I know it's something I can't catch and I know it's something that you're born with and you live with now um um, the middle one is very (laughs) she brings a bit of humor to it she said to me the other day because when I'm having chemo we can't share the same bathroom Mm. (laughs) and she said to me um don't worry, Mum, I won't use your bathroom today because you're still alive. You'll be dead soon, then oh, you'll get to use it. God. Oh, God. So, <laughs> and we all just laughed. <laughs> that was so funny. And so she's probably the one where obviously not sinking in properly there. But... I'm
0: um, oh, sorry for laughing, but, a, my God.
1: No, no, no That a child. No, it's just quite funny. <laughs> So that was her comment, and um, uh, so she, I think uh, she under- if, if the same makes sense, I think she understands on paper. Mm. She doesn't understand in depth.
0: No, well they're babies. Um, yeah.
1: They are. Mm. Um, Aleni, look, I've it's really
2: hurt, but i um, I've really had to let go of her. I've really had to let go of her because um, I, I, um, I don't know how to, I love her, but I don't know how to fit her in with everything.
1: I have to trust that my village around me. Able to um give her what she needs because um, at the moment she needs a hug and a kiss and to know that there's she's she's loved and um anything beyond that I just um I just I just feel so cruel saying that.
2: Mm-hmm. It does
1: sound like you much know different. it's opened it's opened up. I, I probably. To be honest with you, you know, got some postnatal issues that this has opened up that I'll, I'll deal with along the way. Um, I've had to have a, um, a stoma bag put in, and I'm so weak I can't pick her up. Um, and I think that's been a huge, huge problem for our bonding. Um, so the other two are. Um, sort of the main my main i just feel so awful saying this my main focus she's sort of just keeping going with the rest of my family she's just awful no, it's totally... so much guilt oh really
2: so oh, much guilt
0: I I want to be able to wave a magic wand so that you don't add guilt to all of the things that you're going through. I
1: think as a mother it's always there, though. Mm. Mm. Oh, anyone, anyone, it's always there. We've all got our our things. It's just um, I guess that was my major role prior to this and you don't just just lose it. you just uh, get guilt overriding guilt.
0: But um, yeah it does um, sorry' I'm, I'm, I'm more teary than you I think. Um, it does sound <laughs> <laughs> I, We've only just met today. my God, I feel like I've known you for a million years. Um, it does can I say as an outsider here that it does sound like you've got just the most amazing village. As you describe it. And Sam, your husband, just looks divine. And he's he's, he's
1: just been amazing. You know a you know a good marriage when you go
0: through this. <laughs> <laughs> also. He's a good
1: country boy. So the uh his mum (laughs) his mum reminds me often when he's had to do honestly, like well, he could go into it, the most disgusting things you never think you'd have to do for your wife. (sighs) And his mum always goes, He's a country boy.
0: (laughs) He's seen it. it. (laughs) There is something special about country boys, I will say that. And he's there had is. to give up work and obviously, as you expect, you know, and he's really become the, you know, full-time kid carer now, hasn't he?
1: Yes, he has. He has. He's still got his job. He's still employed. His um business he works for is just no words, just no words for how good they've been. I just, just, I oh, just. Yes, yeah, no words. Um, and he just feels, we've all felt so looked after by them. I didn't think it was possible to be employed by people so good. So he's still employed by them. And I think next week we'll look at, oh, even this week he's sort of logged in, <laughs> checked in, um, and uh, we will muddle our way through that. I mean, we have to financially keep going you know Mm. um so that that's been my work's been really wonderful too really wonderful too
0: yes well let's hang on let's lift the mood here let's talk about your life before this because you worked in really you're you're a cool young 35 year old mum of (laughs) three you were working in real estate in Canberra and excuse me stippling down the microphone here sorry (laughs) to everyone listening (laughs) um but yes so tell us about your life before this diagnosis
1: so um, Sam, husband was working in Sydney during the week, he's a civil engineer, so he would go off on a Sunday night, come back on a Friday night, which had its challenges, but I think we managed that quite well, actually. Um, so we had that, I was obviously pregnant and working as a three-day week PA, juggling the kids. And I actually worked for my my lovely mum, she's a great real estate agent here in Canberra. So um, seven years ago, uh, I had just found out I was pregnant. I was looking for work. I was going, oh, God, no one's going to employ me. And mum's PA just left and she said, well, I need someone. Why don't we give it a go? So we gave it a go. I think it was temporary and it just worked so well. So we we continued to work together in a small team um, in sales here in Canberra. And um, I loved it. Loved it I really loved it Mum was um, looking to retire I think sort of as a lenny was on the way and so we didn't know how that would look but also with Sam working away and three kids we were sort of thinking well maybe this whole adventure had come to its natural and very happy sort of conclusion So we were sort of exploring the idea of me. Really being a full time mum and, and, um, yeah, just I was really looking forward to it. I mm. was really looking forward to that chapter. But, and um, spending time and was, with
0: your babies.
1: That's right. And mm. more time with Sam as well, with mm. him being away, like the opportunity to go, you know what, kids, we're going to Sydney for the week and mm. mm. we go, um, that sort of thing. So we were looking forward to that, but, um, that, that chapter wasn't wasn't meant to be I was we really felt this this might sound a bit a bit crass but we'd worked Sam and I really hard to get to a place in life that we felt comfortable and happy like we just like <laughs> again so crass and just, so silly now like I went and got the pram I'd always wanted to buy and I couldn't buy it for the other two and we've got the family house we'd just redone the kitchen and we ticked just bought a car and gone that's the car we want not like that fits into the but like we we'd had this third baby and we're like just so excited about we felt like we'd so naively got through that sort of struggle and being like wow we've we've come out the other side and life's looking really really good so that was how life was prior and actually it's really nice to talk it's really nice to talk
0: about it because I've sort of almost forgotten (laughs) really (laughs) really nice to reflect actually but that's what happens in your mid-30s you start to sort you know, excuse my French, but you start to sort all your shit out. You get, your life yeah. gets onto a good track and you start earning a bit more that's money right. when you can that's afford the nice things.
1: That's right. The snowball, as they say. Yeah. The yeah. snowball. Mm.
0: That's what makes all of this to me seem even more unfair, you know? This is the prime of yeah.
1: life. I remember saying just a few more years to enjoy where we've got, but then always something isn't there Mm. I would have I would have really liked to have seen a Lenny a bit
2: older Mm. a
1: bit
0: older Tell me about Eleni. Who does, can you see? Who she looks like? Third babies are always interesting to me because they're, you know, they're all
1: just just dad, all
0: dad. Oh, really?
1: Okay,
0: all, all dad. I, yeah, I was going to say normally they're a bit of a mix, but <laughs> but no, she's all dad. Clara's all me. Mm. Clara's,
1: we got one each, and I think my mum might have snagged one in the middle. <laughs> Rose
0: in the middle. I well, Rose sounds like months. quite a personality. <laughs> She is. <laughs> she is she's uh,
1: she's uh, she's the, the the family comedian mm. um, she's
0: a lot of um she's a lot of work but she's a lot of joy yeah Oh, gorgeous. They're beautiful little girls. Can, can I ask you a question? I know in the grand scheme of things um, with what you're going through, this is probably the smallest bit of it. But having buried my mum in November in the middle of COVID... I'm sorry did to you, hear that. Well, thank you. For, thank you. Because it's, you know, it's just been a horrendous year for, for everybody. But, um, yeah. but Did you, have you found it... You know, a lot of people starting to talk now in this point in lockdown about... You know, a cancer diagnosis and how people aren't going to GPs for little things that, you know, that everybody sort of thinks, well, if I haven't got COVID, I need to stay away from the GP. I'll be fine. You know, everybody keeps saying, there are people worse off than me. Have you um, felt like this has been all the more difficult and your story has perhaps got a bit lost in the COVID drama that we're seeing at the moment and getting in and out of hospitals has been more difficult, like I experienced with my mum. I think um
1: I think with such a serious diagnosis, um once we're in, we're looked after. Mm-hmm. Um so for me now I don't feel like that. And I think um well things are things are much worse than they were when this I think I probably got in right sounds awful, but right before right in time before the horse sort of bolted a little bit. Mm. Um, and I think uh, because I actually just couldn't breathe, I almost presented as a COVID, mm. uh, a COVID case. So I well, did. Well, they probably thought
0: that you were if you're going with respiratory, did. yeah.
1: They did. So I sort of, and actually I've never reflected on that, it's a really interesting point. I probably got through that bit quicker and then once you can't breathe, like they're not going to turn you away and then it went to diagnosis and then you're very much kept under this cancer sort of bubble. Um, so for me, no, I, I haven't experienced that. Um, but I also haven't experienced like uh, we're, we're also lucky in Canberra actually I'd point that out as well mm. Sydney I don't know that we'd be quite so fortunate at the moment um mm.
0: well it's a, it's a, it's basically a big country town Canberra I lived there for four years I mean the healthcare is oh, sublime you? it's a great lifestyle yeah. Canberra
1: oh well no we love it and mm. um it does it, it 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 is a bit of a village as I said before and um so I haven't experienced that, but I can imagine people would and I can imagine it's happened before. Mm. Um, and I, I can imagine if it wasn't quite so serious as well, perhaps.
0: Yeah. Um, the Canberra community is, and I know this firsthand, extraordinary, and they've raised... Um, and you two are locals, so I'm, I'm sure most of Canberra knows you or knows your mum, or you know. Um, but they've raised two hundred and fifty thousand on a GoFundMe. It's amazing to help with support. And I know because my my old mate Sally Obermeyer told me one day when she was in remission, she said, "My God, having cancer is expensive." And you know, it is. I, she she had a terrific sense of humour about her shocking breast cancer, but. Um, how, I mean how does it does it overwhelm you how much love there is out there for, for you it
1: does it does it does it um just you know it's um it's hard because you know it's there but you can't let everybody in um So I hope everyone listens to this knows how appreciated it is. Because it means
2: a lot and it is very hard for our family. But um
1: it's hard to you just want to let everybody in and just, just say thank you so much, but you just can't. Um, you've just got those people around you and you need to trust everybody else knows how, how much they're appreciated. Uh, and I think a lot of that's... Uh,
2: it's just
1: back to that fear, which is something I've never experienced before. So uh, we're just so so grateful just yeah because it is expensive it is all of it and at the end of the day um what we'd planned in life is not going to happen Yeah, and um it's if it can give something back to the kids that was what we'd hoped for then that's everything Mm.
0: what um what is the legacy emily that you would like to leave to your girls <laughs>
1: I um <laughs> I uh, I've had these superficial chats because I I try not to get too deep. <laughs> it's um maybe too painful. <laughs> I love to design handbags. <laughs> so I've got one for each of them. <laughs> and I've tried, to, I've tried to identify which one best suits their personalities. <laughs> so I'm not using them so much. So I've got post-its on them. Oh. And, um, <laughs> and um, things like um, things that... No, I hope. To, to one of my um, extremely close friends, who actually made a comment when I was, you know, as I say, dying, and I actually wanted to die at that point, she's made a comment that she knows who she is. She, she just made this comment and just got me. Just got me out of it. Just one comment, and I hope. I hope I can think of uh, cook like things like that and jot them down as the time comes that the girls can reflect on and take something of me.
2: Particularly Lenny, Clara at least will remember me, but for Lenny.
1: she won't and i really hope it's not this shit time i'm having with her that she gets told about i hope there's a i hope there's some happy so anyway sorry i've got off track my my friend of uh, she made this comment and then sort of suggested that maybe a memory book or something like that would be useful and i just can't i i i can't think enough into it but she's sort of coming up with some great questions and stuff and I thought that was really lovely so things like that and then the humorous things like my handbags <laughs> <laughs> look um you know I really it's important to me that the girls stay in the same house and live in the the things that I've picked out
0: and mm. do you I um, I'm trying not to um burst into tears but do you, do you have conversations with Sam about what you want him to tell them and how you want things done when you're not around? He's terrified of how he wants to do. Um,
1: <laughs> I, um, I really want my mum to be part of uh, my two closest friends, to be part of their lives because I know raising girls will be incredibly difficult raising children on your own but
2: girls is just just a different kettle i really want him to um
1: seek help for them and him and not pretend it's all okay um i don't I don't want to be the reason that they end up screwed up (laughs) because
2: I know that this is very deep and probably the darkest thought I have, but um, a lot of me, my determination gets ruined
1: when I think... Everyone goes, it's not all you, it's not all you. But uh, I'm the cause of the pain and I do think that if they could just deal with it with younger and have more time to deal with it, <laughs> it would be easier. So I try and reflect and
0: try and think, well, I'm sorry. This is probably too dark for you. No, 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 no. Please don't be sorry. This is just heartbreaking, just so heartbreaking, Emily. I'm so sorry that you're going through all of this. Having
1: having the steps at the right time or ac- saying yes to the help so he can manage with with a village and all the support that he can possibly get. Um, And I don't know what else. It's just it's such a difficult conversation to have. It always ends up just as you and I are now. Um, We're already saying yes to everything because it's the habit that we need to be in. Um, A lot of that stuff we've left up to... Probably out my mum and Sam's in laws because it's good
0: for the kids to see you cry, but not not, too not all much the time. Well. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. How do you do? You get sick? Of, you know, people when you you're going through a cancer battle. You know, people seem to say, "Be brave, be courageous, be a fighter." Do you? Um, does that annoy you? Do you feel like you have to, to be all of those things? Can you just be you? and grieve
1: if the comments said at the right time i actually do quite well with it um if it said it which is makes it hard for people if it's said at the wrong time sometimes not i think people are pretty good at getting a understanding of how you're feeling that day and letting you i find comments I find uh, comments that perhaps come from people that don't know the full story difficult. Like I feel like everybody that's battling through cancer, it's, this is ridiculous and maybe possibly quite offensive to a lot of people. But I feel like uh, I'm in the minority and because it's just how I feel. The minority of there's an end date where their chemo might finish or something like that and I feel like if people don't know your full story, they'll be like, oh, you'll you'll get through, just look forward to that or just look forward to this or um, mm. they'll be like, what are you going home to? I'll be like, oh, the three kids and it's a lot. They're like, oh, my dog's been a real bugger at the moment. You're like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I find that stuff quite typical um, and it usually, like if a comment comes like that and then the next comment is that, I, I, I go to Waterworks.
0: Yeah, um, I'm not surprised.
1: Um, <laughs> and I... I don't think it's them being insensitive. No, I but I think people just nervousness.
0: Don't, well, yeah. Sometimes yeah. people don't know what to say, and you do, and I, and you know, look, we're a selfish bunch, us humans. Like it's, it's what. Excuse me, sniffling again. Always, it's well, everybody's just self-absorbed, aren't they? <laughs> I, well, they, they might be that, but I do honestly
1: think it comes from good places, and um, mm. they're doing their best. I just, um, I find that hard. Um, mm. Be brave. Be courageous. Look. Usually, it's it's okay. Yeah. Usually, yeah. it's okay.
0: Yeah. I don't want to get off the phone to you. I want to. I want to keep talking to you. I don't want to let go of this conversation. I'm happy to chat for. <laughs> <laughs> but your audience and you have have at least so many years to go. Oh well. I I've, I've loved talking to you. Have you? I really. Yeah, um, I've
1: really enjoyed it.
0: I really sort of I, I wanted to meet you and I wanted to talk to you and I didn't know if you'd agree, and and you've been more that I mean I cannot believe how generous you've been and I think there's not any of us listening that isn't in tears now. I've gone through th- two tissues, but um, I, I I thank you for for being so honest and and sharing this with us.
1: I hope it's what you're after. I there's not much room for anything else at the moment, to be honest, other than
0: honesty. I, um, yeah, so I hope that's what you're after. Oh, my goodness. You are just such a wonderful, wonderful girl. And I, I wish you so much, from all of us who are listening right now, because I think there's going to be just an outpouring of love here. And I, I wish you so much love and so much strength for what that is worth. And, you know, we just, um, we just all adore you. I appreciate it so much, Sam. Wow, what an amazing human. I'm sorry for all that sniffling, but I'm sure many of you out there are in tears too. And we do send Emily so much love and so much support. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Something to Talk About. For more information on the topics discussed today... And if you think that there's anything going on with your body that you should be aware of, please contact the National Bowel Cancer Screening Program. The contact centre is 800 627 701 or go to health.gov.au and search for the National Bowel Cancer Screening Program. You can donate directly to Emily and her beautiful family by going to gofundme.com and search for Support Sam and Emily Tindall. I'll see you next time.